We give you about one. Last time. We picked up recently shunted into the minds, the personas, the perspectives of some very important historical figures, the sovereign host, before they were called such grand titles as the sovereign host, have a little, little bit of an interlude from the perspective of a cloud giant scholar, scribe of the sort, looking out from tower high in some, some city, which was revealed to be Sharm, which I think all of you know what Sharm refers to in mm-hmm. modern times. Mm-hmm. Looking out over, as you see, an aerial view of all these armies. Are uh, they Sharnies? Mortal kind. <laughs> Horses, cavalry, <coughs> siege engines, dwarves, humans, some elves, a number of giants, all stationed, configured, some of them already midst in battle, Many of them, in fact, many of them held back in defensive positions, though it was impossible to conceive of the walls being breached whatsoever. The gates did open, though, and a powerful cadre of giant fire giants stepped forth, and then through clouds that were moving, almost like smoke, but no, they are clouds, just dark and crackling. <laughs> Breaching it was the prow, looking like a meteor of sorts, but was a prowl of some giant, and I mean that in both ways, a merecraft, literal waterfalls falling off of it somehow, coming from what, how, who knows, this technology that is there. At the very, very tip was a dwarven general getting reports, but his eyes are just looking down, seeing the flaming figure. We know this now to be Dol Dorn. Seeing an elven figure to his back right side, the two of them fall through the clouds, through the sky, the elf turning into a giant eagle, grabbing him and fight, joining the the fray, playing some sick attack on Titan Rifts (laughs) as these giants feel the blade of Dorne's myriad weapons, and the triple spikes of Shere Khan's trident. Mm-hmm. The battle raged on word as, as Oladra watched from the top a wall inside the city proper, thinking back to her conversations over not just months and months ago, but periodically since then, com- coming in and setting up the stage inside with the Dragon Mart house houses, the patriarchs and matriarchs. And indeed, she, she only, only smiles when smoking her long pipe. She only smiles when she sees charging out from the, the inner cores, the spirals, the sewers, the whatnot, the small folk that make this majestic city work, slaves, as they come pouring out with makeshift weapons and attack from both sides. The battle continued on the word, and after hours transpire, Dorn was pulled out from the corpses of three giants by his sister, Dol Ara, 
whose eyes turn deep black inky darkness with starlights throughout and he feels himself significantly healed like a six level six level heal spell so like your bones re-nick and um Dodorn began to make his way into the now open gates of Sharn one of the last bastions, very likely the most important bastion of giant kind in the south. As he makes his way, all heads turned, cheers go wherever Dorn steps, himself covered in as much his blood easily more than that um, giant blood and such. Shere Khan watched the clouds overhead and the drizzle come down on a large boulder thrown by a giant. As his brother, Balinor, came came to, to greet him. They had some chats, and then they both met up with their sister, Arawai, mm-hmm. who similarly had those dark eyes with starlight and was raising an entire field of crops and corn to give these people hope that their fields, trampled as they are, burned as they were, with her here, there will be plentiful food yet. There's also a really cool scene when you were still still up, up there. Cool scene, I should I don't know if this is a cool scene or not. But when you <laughs> saw, um, you were attacking from the um, southern entrance, what would later become Tavik's landing, the, the main entrance around the western side, you did see um, Commander Gumash and his... Dwarves um, being sent by Trebuchet into doing good work, but also um, some splattering (laughs) happening. And I believe Dorn basically waved off that report uh, um, and focused on the other things. But mostly, at a certain point in in a battle, reports are not that not not that important when you're about to plummet headfirst down into the fray itself. We ended the battle His boy will open up his drink. with Dorn walking through seeing these city streets slick with the blood of all sorts. Small folk free folk um, now at, at least many giant cor- corpses and some giant prisoners in fact but we'll get, to, we'll, we'll get to that. He sees as through these sewer Grades, a concept that is completely foreign to you folks for the most part, except for Dawn's cities that have that have them. Seeing other humans, dwarves, halflings, and whatnot stepping out from there from hidden portcullises that lead to the innards of this massive conglomeration of towers and and, and whatnot, as. Shurkan, Balinor, and Arwai were making their way, and Oladra was stepping through these large halls that belong, belonged up perhaps to giant kind. All of you being heralded toward a destination, one of the, not the tallest perhaps, but one of the tallest towers in the middle plateau where a giant is hung by chain. Mask over face askew, blood streaking down. The figure clearly dead. And though none of you three know this giant in any other way, mere hours prior, you 
you all were privy to the to the site after Shere Khan and Dorn had joined the fray in the battlefield as this giant emerged, flying, landing on the tops of these massive protective walls, multiple layers of them, in fact, and summoned such magics that for most people it would be impossible to comprehend the extent by which these magics were being summoned. Boulders simply manifested from the ether itself. Her core quarterstaff, though the size of a tree, thrown and multiplying, hitting thunderous lightning as it flies back to her hand. And then through the clouds came an azure, almost sapphire in color, dragon. Behind and swirling around that, that dragon was a singular scroll, a massive, seemingly infinite, kaleidoscopic form of paper that you have seen such miracles before. As you know, that this is indeed the form Orion has ta taken at this time, using the scroll's energy to amplify the natural draconic magics within. This giantess had a kaleidoscopic thing behind her as well, but not a scroll, but just seemingly like chunks of latticework stonework almost like a halo around the head, but in multiple different tiers around the, that just seem to follow through runes, etchings, and such not in a mesmerizing fashion. And just an elder elemental cloud tempest thing was there too. <clears throat> in any case, you three are heading toward this location that Amorion said, you'll know where to go when its corpse hangs by the neck. And you know where to go. As you step through the city, through these halls, or you fly on Neagle, as um, Shere Khan probably is, mm -hmm. you see, I think you all have your own sort of images of the past. Stepping through them very briefly here, we saw um, bit of Shere Shur Khan's past, but perhaps less Shere Khan's past. Admittedly, um, Stephen's flashbacks have been relevant to his character, but also very relevant to the overall all world. If elves, where the hell are, elves come yeah, from? Yeah, <laughs> if elves, if elves are essentially material plane versions of Eladrin, um, how did they step across? Why did they did, did they step? Across, and I think the general gist of it was um, that they they can feel after you know who knows how many thousands of years, like 50,000 50, plus years, mortals on the other side, especially humans that are very very plentiful, even compared to um, dwarves. For every one dwarf, there's like a hundred hundred humans or so. Um, so they, wait, they can, mm -hmm. the Eladrin live for like. Ever, like not like a reincarnation thing. Like they just like those ones will never die of old age. Mm -hmm. Dang, okay. they change, but they don't die. To them, they can <laughs> die. They can be killed. No, no, no. They can be ki yeah, I get that. Yes, I get that yes, but yes. I just mean like it's not like oh yeah, two thousand years. Like no, no, no. Like okay, they're more. I 
deists than than anything else, right? They are the reflection of mortal kind, their passions, their desires, their fickleness and whatnot. And with that fickleness comes the courts and their obsession for that. But in a time before humans held court, and when the most powerful things that that existed were ancient dragons and giants, it's those ideals that become the movers and shakers of the fae wild. But we saw that a number, a significant number in fact, but a certain leadership um, conglomeration of sorts of these Elazarin did want to step across, though they knew by doing so they would not be welcomed back, and they also knew that they would be leaving part of themselves behind. In an effort to not leave as much as they can behind, many of these leaders brought um, basically an essence of the Feywild itself with them in the form of a beautiful emerald or stone of some sort swirling with some Fey essence and power. And Shere Khan, Bebelinor, and, and R.Y. already exist at that time, though youthful to Eladrin standards. That was your first bit there. Um, then we did jump forward an amount when you did eventually step across and meet with a human settlement. One of the supposedly free settlements, though what is true for freedom mean you can't really leave your village in the sort, and the, the elves met with these humans. They could not speak the same tongue what, whatsoever, hence the misunderstanding that would lead to an eternity of new names for these folks. We are Eladrin. What? Uh, my name is Elfangor Serenil Shantel. This is Aximili Eskeruth Ishtel. Alaren Sermiter Koras. And exactly as you're doing, they just said Elf? Elf? They have Stephen Spockman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm A-L-F. All elves are not. Easy. <laughs> Elf. Easy. Elf. Elf. Bring me your cats. <laughs> it could have been worse. Could have been worse. Could have been worse. Could have been worse. Whatever Stephen writes becomes canon. My God. That would be Love fun. it. Um, in, in any case, yes, that is where the term elves first come from. And you, we saw through this flashback of sorts, multiple years flit by. And Shere Khan remembers helping these humans learn how to hunt, how to craft, gifting them with weapons. The, the elven host that stepped, stepped across, in fact, outnumbering the humans in this this place, them feeling quite powerful, mating with, with, with the humans, their own passions changing, becoming a more, less mutable, more permanent shape. And, um, but even so, finding their way in the world until some dragons can't came by and said, we can't have, have that. And a large uh, uh, battle took place where some of them were felled, indeed. But many of the elves were as well. A proportion that was completely unacceptable by the standards of the elders, the Elfangor, Aximilia, Amalaran and the and the other elves of the ten thousand elves that stepped across, there's maybe um, two d- 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 dozen or so that would be your um, leaders at this mm-hmm. time, and of those two dozen, perhaps perhaps only six or so that are like the high the high the ones that make the decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, 
they become very, very frightened of the idea because they're not immortal here and war, these things are very, very dangerous. And they knew that coming, uh, coming across, but they begin to do their own nonsense. And you find that over the years that transpire from here, they begin to use these stones and their fey magics to make havens not only mm -hmm. themselves, but also human settlements, veils to obscure their presence and to produce heat <coughs> in, the, in the winter, grain crops and the such. We moved on to, um, as Olavadra was stepping through the, these halls, she knows the city better than anyone else. Um, she easily knows where to go. She saw a figure step, uh, walking toward her in the hall, and while your relationship, uh, her relationship with him, isn't the same as it once was, for reasons we will perhaps see yet at this table, she did think back the first time that she met in her human city of five to you know, or I think I think it's like fifteen thousand or so, yeah, something like that. Vast mountain range, just a horseshoe around a giant city that there as. Well, she's never ever left her city. She's never even been as far as the as the the mountains, must, much less the giant city with which Idris is between, between them. The giants leave you alone here as long as you produce enough enough food for them and you know other work and the such, and you are happy to do so because what else is there to do? We saw Ladra as a nine-year-old girl being a bit of a bit of a rapscallion in a time where rapscallions are a very very rare thing the idea of coin and commerce not really existing just trade um, when you all have a unified fight enemy it's easy to uh, not make enemies of each other but we saw her steal fucking apple or at least trick a guy into giving her an, an apple at least by stealing it and then giving it back then she saw something remarkably unique a face she did not recognize. For even as a young girl, Aladra was remarkably talented in music, has a dazzling smile, can remember things very well, and knows, remembers every face that she sees and didn't recognize this adult human's face. Following him through some alleys between, between buildings, he suddenly was behind her. And they had a, a very engaging, diverting conversation, something that Aladra hasn't had for a long time. You're not uh, dumb like the rest of them, she perhaps said, said to him. And they talked almost, and she was treated as an equal. Her questions about what's, oh, you come from, when she asked who he was, he said, I'm just a traveler, a word that did not make any sense to her. You come from beyond the, beyond the mountains? Oh, 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 oh. Uh, yeah, and and everywhere else, he showed you by touching your head all the place, many of the places that you had been. You reel from this big smile, break something that could have broken lesser minds, not broken fully, but just sent into. What does that mean? Leave me alone! Mm -hmm. You just smile to tell me everything. Well, this traveler's always been a good storyteller, teller, but so is Audra herself. And in the end, he offers her a gift. A quick silver orb that he summons and makes her focus on for an hour until she attunes to it. Again, a word that does not make any sense to her. She doesn't know what she's doing herself. And then he teaches her how to make shapes from her shapes are 
rudimentary at first, but he's like, keep practicing. And one day, perhaps years from now, we'll see how good you're doing. Then move over to Thorn, who we are currently in the middle of the second um, flashback. We first saw this mountain or not, not this is a mountain range, I, I should say, but what you can assume is either deep deep underground or deep within a mountain. I can leverage um, Lord of the, the Rings all, all, all I want, you know? We're talking like um, misty, mi- misty mountain and, and whatnot and deep within the mines of Moria and all sorts of stuff here where there's these massive hollows and stone and some wood, but wood's very, very uncommon. Mostly simple stone structures where you make your own very similar a form of like con- concrete whatnot, just stones and shale stuck together to make make structures or little cave divots and whatnot. Mm-hmm. A large gathering of only dwarves. You'll find no humans, no elves, no halflings or other sort here. No dra- dragons and giants, which they simply refer to as the overseers, come only once a month to get what is theirs mm-hmm. and what is there's all the ore that the, the, that the dwarves have to mine toiling day in day out no rest for the, for the weary nor the wicked as of these hundreds of dwarven clans here only 13 12 if you don't include the white beards that are just sort of almost always a part of them so 12 other clans mm-hmm. are the only ones that win the monthly time and when they whoever has the most ore the most precious haul it's not always <coughs> based on weight it's the most precious precious haul gets rewarded with meat which can be then turned to leather and bone and tool and medicine all sorts of wonderful things the rest chewing on rocks and fungus and lichen and if they're lucky They'll kill some underground beast before it can rip rip through more than just five five or six dwarves. Then mm-hmm. then they can eat for a while. Mm-hmm. Not we just saw, the dwarves. Yes, mm-hmm. we saw Dorn, Ara, and their bro- brother Azor down there. We saw that Dorn was not the sort to hand over the pickaxe to his brother, um, whether from stubbornness or the, simply the fact that uh, uh, Mazur is less good at it. He does break things sometimes. Um, and we saw Dorn say, you take this b- b- back. Um, I still have work to do. The other two took the massive little they had to wait a hours for it to go from the bottom to the top, then all the way back to the bottom, as they were indeed at the l- lowest level, the 13th level. Uh, tier of this massive excavation that's been millennia in work mm-hmm. because the clan of Dorn is now just the three of them mother and fa- father being lost shortly after Ara was born very shortly after literally a month or so after she was truly a baby and you had to raise her You did not find a very good haul. And you did not win that that month's um, awards. So you didn't make enough of your tie that you were not on the, the official shit list. Instead, the Fasung clan was on 
that shit list because they tried to pass off um, impure materials as being worthwhile. Dwarves were offered more rations if they brought the Fossung clan here as this fiery, bald-headed, grayish-blue-skinned fire giant stands there demanding them. Dolan stepped forth, asked his quest questions, drew a got line. Got a little mouthy. Got a little mouthy, drew a verbal line in the sand which the giants were only so happy to shove you over, kick you until, until you, your ribs, your arm, your leg shattered and then strung you up, arms above you by chains and a single landfill hanging from your ankles for three days. You was forbidden for anyone to look at you, speak to you, feed you, to give you any sort of sucker. Those the Fasung that were gathered, they let go with this being a mourning, with the exception of killing the youngest one there, the one that wouldn't impact their uh, tithes. Dorn is, after three days, he miraculously survives. The blood congealing, the bones setting him, unable to upset. He is nursed back to health over the following months and eventually returns to the mines to do his very best. But this was an important moment here, for we saw that Dorn was willing to do what none others would, and that is step forward and question the, the, the overseers. Ah, so he's stupid. Stupid enough to get some food, some water. The various other clans are, are willing to share with the hope that some someday they'd be as fortunate in their time of need to have someone step up for them. We then skip two whole decades after that. <coughs> and we're going to shift this a bit here. We skip two full decades. To Dorn. Once again, refusing to return back up to, to his home, refusing to rest. And in the time when should be, be sleep and should be restful, the only comfort, the hitting of his own pick, pickaxe himself. Test testing, licking, shoving his n n nail in, saving it, but also careful not to give give trash. Has to go through the purity, which his, his sister is now a part of. Purity assessment. He hears a sound. Another figure swinging a pick, similar to him. Curious, you follow suit back through the tunnel. You see light flickering, dim, and you see the form of, uh, of the elder of clan Mordecai on his knees, using what little what little oil he has in his his lantern, looking at a chunk that he just picked from the from the wall. And in that dim light, you saw a vein that seemed to glow from within, or if not, at least took the took the dim light that was sh shined upon it and reflected it tenfold to give the illusion of it being a 
glowing source. Dorn came up behind Mordecai. Did not do anything by violence to ask what he had. And a scene transpired there. But I'm going to stop talking now and hand the mic over to you, Leo, to either recount or recant if you choose, if you wish to amend, because <coughs> it was very, very late at night. We can chalk up what was said, what was said last time as Doran's ima imagination, if you so choose. I'm going to hand the mic fully over to you to describe how this scene transpires. Uh, so, yeah, we'll go to where Doran found him digging. We can start right there. After their little conversation, I'll say. Marty, I know, I know you found something. Something shiny, something worth something. And I ain't, before you get all fidgety with your pickaxe again, I ain't aiming to take it from you. I just need some help. And I'm willing to help you if we can have any, anything left after you dig up and use whatever you need. I'm begging you, Azur ain't worth shit. And Arad, she ain't have a she ain't had a decent meal in her whole life. Only one clan can win the Laurel. You know that as well as I do. I have a lot of mouths to feed to do. Only three of you. You can make another month or two. I understand. You have to take care of your own. You understand. You got to take care of your own. Kind of just give him a class on the shoulders and pull him in for a good old hug and I'll hold him really tight. And as he squeezes him extremely tight, and Dorn is all muscle. All muscle. Even as young as he, as he is in his 40s, 50s now. Tears 40s. coming down his face. You could have helped me. When I was hanging there, or now, you had a choice, old man. And now you forced me to do this, as he will choke the life out of this old, frail dwarf. I feel a thumb in your eye at one point. What do you do as you feel his frail thumb reach up, dig into your, your eye? He is blind to everything else. Pain means nothing. He is focused on this one thing. So no matter how much he digs and scratches, he won't even flinch or scream or anything. When Dorn next comes to, to his own, you know, 
senses, if you will. He is seeing only in shades of gray. For his lantern has gone out. Mordecai's lantern has gone out. He can see, okay. There's a corpse held to his chest. Dead, smothered, nose a bit bit squashed, your own hands making some marks, but otherwise not a very obvious thing. Then you realize you can feel something dripping down. And you realize you can't see from your left eye. You touch it. It's wet. It's blood as you expected. As you push on, the pain is there indeed. Fortunately, your eyeball itself is still present. But that eye will be swollen and scratched. Gouged pretty bad. Gouged pretty bad. Take it away, my friend. What do you do next? Uh, Dorn will then drag the lifeless body down a tunnel quite a ways away with all his equipment and everything. And he will go back to where the, the shiny was and do his best to kind of cover it up. Hmm. And then he will the rest of the evening take his time to do that dead man's climb that no one ever does mm-hmm. sneak home and go back to work the next morning like everyone else and start digging and lo and behold what he finds you're leaving Mordecai's corpse just in one of the other ancillary yeah I mean unless there's like a, a deep crevasse no one ever goes down there is a Crevasse has yet to be fully tilled out. That you could, it, you could make it look if, if you if you if you wanted to, mm-hmm. like he fell and broke himself. That's a very doable thing. Even better than yeah, yeah. It's a very very. I mean, it happens. Doesn't happen all the often because dwarves are very good at being in rocks and stuff. But mm-hmm. it's you. Everyone knows he's got a bum leg. He's an old man. He shouldn't be this low to the down. But he is looking. He's looking to strike gold, if you will, but not gold. Something more than that or a lot of gold so easy enough to throw him over break his pick and put it in kind of down the cliff a little bit like someone tried to grab on in the last ditch effort as Dorn then takes the dead man's lift uh, interesting it's one of those scenes that if there was people here to see it they would talk about it for centuries after. But Dorn, at this time, is not looking for good glory. He has need, and he's putting his mind to it. Without the lights, as all the lights that usually mark where to go as on the different tiers are out, you are in the pitch and blackness, save for your dark vision. You've never done this before yourself and you jump and you begin to climb handhold by handhold up after a full 
14 hours working in the mines. But I think the heavier thing besides your physical form and the pickaxe you've swung all day might be something else. You slip into home. You do not awake as or or ah. You sleep. How does Dorn sleep this night? He doesn't. He doesn't sleep. As a Rob wakes up and sees. So almost every time he you. kind of, even kind of gets close to nodding off, a huge pang of pain comes to his eye, just to wake him up, kind of thing. For the sake of time here, um, I'll just I'll I'll be a little bit more expedient with our flashbacks here and stuff. Arab will totally, yeah. wake up and be and be be shocked at seeing you. How'd you get back up? You didn't come with, with, with come with us yesterday. You didn't. Don't you didn't. Don't worry about it. What happened to your your eye? Straight straight bit of rock well digging. Told you don't worry about it. She'll take some. Mushroom paste, spitting it, slather it on, on your eye, and ban bandage it. Just so you this have. This hurts more than the actual fucking cut. That's how you know it's it's working. You fucking blader. Um, besides that, um, there's no other outward injuries, and something getting in your eye is not a entirely uncommon thing. You'll head back down. You know where to go. Um, you all head down as one. They don't have time to have this lift come up and down, up and down, up and down. So you all head down as one. You're the last to go down. The last to come come up. Well, your goods are the first to come up. So it's this thing where it's like, again, high risk, high reward being down here. You, I believe actually at this point in time, you are on tier 16. I believe when we had that um, two decades skip, you were actually, they had dug down three more levels and found more spots. You are now digging in the area completely different than the first flashback that we had. Mm-hmm. So you're tw- 20 years you're twenty years older since you were hanging on the wall sort of thing. You maneuver your way. Aras not with you. She has to stay by the list to, to do purity assessment. Amazor follows you and is a bit surprised, I think, when you turn down a different path. He stops us. Where are you going? Doing things different today. Keep up. He knows better than to argue after doing this with you for three plus decades. Turns the wheelbarrow, barrow, shovel, sh- sh- shovel in there, hit his helmet on. Um, lantern, come, lights it, puts his helmet on, offers one tea. One to you, but I don't think you ever need it or care about it. Not a fan of helmets, they make you look silly. Yeah, drop, drop. like he's already dropping it before <laughs> before you even say that. Nice for <laughs> What is that from again? Uh, Kings of the Wild. Kings of the Wild, that's what it is, that's what it is, that's what it is. I was like, you know what that is. Um, okay, you did a good enough job, and no one's been down this way yet. When he so. finds his spot, he yes. will say, Oh, he looks good. I'll hand the pickaxe over and say, get to digging. Sure. Said we're doing things different. Go. I don't like repeating myself. The smile just begins. He's swinging. He's doing it hard. He's doing it fast. 
you know what should be there. Kind of chewing on your chapped lips why you're not seeing it. You didn't cover it up that well. You couldn't. Is there is, you get a sense. Actually, give me an insight check. Ooh, rolling for the host. Ooh, not goodness. Insight's not great. Uh, nine total. Nine to- total. I think you might just get a little bit frustrated here. Like, he's just going fast and hard. He's not, like, in your mind, you're like, find the fucking thing. I literally just put some spit and dirt on. Just find the fucking thing. Don't break it, you little shit. You know, that sort of thing. Like, you don't know what he's doing or why he's doing it. After mm-hmm. about 10 strikes, you already see it. You already see. After two hits, you already see, like, it's come down. You already see the vein there. He's just happy, toiling away until after 10 strikes, he finally does say, what? What's that? Grabs a canteen, a little bit of water that you have, splashes it on his hand, and splashes it up, 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 up the wall, and rubs it down. Turns to you, smile. Don't. What? Look. Bring the, bring the little lantern. Did you hurt yourself already? No, look, look. And now you see, only about a finger width, a jagged finger width. Almost as you bring the lantern up, fresh soil, so you don't have to be kind of, so you kind of, like, you know, um, um, add a little bit more. It's like a portal to a different world. And he holds his hand up almost. Though it's just, you you know now for sure it's just reflecting the light. It's just so pure that it somehow enhances it and he gets really close. What's that? Platinum? I don't know, shiny enough to be our lucky day. Hand it over. And Dorn will take it and kind of shove him out of the way and hit the right places that yes, should have been yes, hit from the yes, beginning yes, and yes. dig it out. <laughs> the sun, I mean, this stuff usually gets melted down and whatnot, but the bigger the, the the pure chunk can be a very, very valuable thing too. So you are careful not to not to break that yet. You're trying to chisel a big enough piece. You toil away. No one comes to check on you. Why would they? At the, at the, at the end of your 14-hour shift... Not that you have much recollection of time, you just base mm-hmm. time on ding, 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 and when you get when you get hungry, you've been doing this so long, you kind of know when the times come. Times come. He'll yell at Azor once or twice throughout the day to calm the fuck down and keep digging. You do see, you have harvested in your wheelbarrow as the lantern. He lights it to its brilliant. It's the last of the the oil that that, that you have. Just, it's very easy to take the smaller hammers and chisel off the dunk, the chaff. And you essentially have what looks like chunks of mirror smooth or like reflective silver, like burnished silver sort of thing. Well, looking, but not silver. And you're sure as hell sure this is not platinum. Well, what it is, you're not sure though. The wheelbarrow is nowhere near full of, of the stuff. It's sort of, for, for a visual standpoint, it's sort of like if a wheelbarrow had a shattered bathroom mirror thrown in it. Mm-hmm. But, mm. um, but each of those chunks was like, was like in a large wedge of something. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're not pun punished for bringing some amount of st stone back. Just not this much stone, this this much metal. So you're doing your best mm -hmm. to like chisel out as much as you can. Yeah. That's everything respectful. If there's a little piece amount. like this, don't bring a piece of yes, stone like exactly. this with it. Right, exactly, exactly. Um, you saw what happened if, if you, you try, try and flex that too much. As you bring your thing, um, Azura is like, we gotta, others can't see this. Bring it to Ara, eh? That might seem a little suspicious, don't you think? I think we do this the right way and we bring it where it's supposed to go. All right, all right. If you say, I just don't want other eyes looking ass. Well, you just gouge them out if they look too close, huh? I suppose you should see the, the other guy. He's all smiles right now as he is kind of rattling along the way. Some people do, some dwarves do see. What's that? We needed a win, little brother. Enjoy it. I'll pat him on the back as they. And if there is a shard, oh, you know, fuck it, there is. There is a decent sized shard that is kind of sharp and whatnot that Dorne will keep from the pile in case. I don't know if there are a lot of weapons and whatnot in this place, but. Most makeshift their own based on chisels. Hammers, whatnot. But this crazy shiny new strong stuff seems like it might be useful in some mm -hmm. point, so he will just keep a little piece for himself. It's very light weight, very lightweight, and as you try to bend it, it doesn't break. It's remarkably strong, but very lightweight, very reflective. You bring it over. Purity assessment looks at it. You see your sis sister in line. You don't get to go to what line you want. You're just d directed toward one of them. You don't get her. He calls over the white beard clans member here. Takes a look. They shoo you back on your way. They have your good goods now. You've done your part. And they begin to chatter as they're like looking at this with like magnifying glass which is a very very rare thing to have in a place like this and if they can try to push Dorn away but he's big and strong they're, they're not pushing they're oh, just okay. shooing away sort of thing he'll shout back to the white beards so you don't know what it is either then just the one white beard says hey well we'll get take take a look take a look as as you were I'm the door hey I'd like to know what it is, if it's worth to keep dig up anymore. It's worth it. Keep on digging, eh? The laurel's in night after tomorrow. You will go back to digging. This was the end of your ship, so you don't have to now. It's more like, like a con continue dig, dig, dig oh, as gotcha, the gotcha. next yeah. next day. Like basically, you're not here to ask me quest questions. What are you d d doing? Sort mm -hmm. of thing. Uh, for the sake of expediting time here, it is brought brought up. You take the you do take the lift as I imagine you do most d days to take 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 the lift. Just not important days. <laughs> your goods are the first to, to go to go up, and then you are the last people to make your way up. You eat. Um, Amazur wants to tell Ara what was coming. Actually, no, she already knows. She kind of tells you guys at, at home around your fungus stew and rocks that you're living here. Your salt rocks, pretty much. Um, yeah, exactly that. <laughs> uh, um, how it was quite a hubbub. Like, what, what, like, what, 
was it? And Azor tries to like describe. Oh, so he's like, it's hard to make it more dramatic than it actually was. He can't can't embellish something so miraculous as this. Um, so you guys have you guys chat. Um, I think you 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 sleep that. Do you sleep that night with a smile on your face? Sleeps great. Sleeps great. Next day, you go. Ooh, mm-hmm. one thing before he goes to sleep. He goes over in the middle of the night to his brother's bed, and he kind of leans over and he says. sleep soundly. He doesn't respond and he doesn't bring this back 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 up. But he does look he doesn't look at you much the next day. Or you catch him looking at you as you turn to, to meet his his gaze he's with that eye a little more closely. Elsewhere. Yes, exactly that. Next day you head to the down. Um you go back to your to dig site. Mm-hmm. You had a haul greater than the day before. The ball is rolling up, folks. The ball is rolling uphill. Everything's but coming up. Dole. People have talked, <laughs> and now people are com- com- coming over, but they so many know you, and they're like, hey, good for you. Like, maybe this spreads everywhere. So everyone's like working harder. It's like no one wants to say anything directly. It's like the secret of level 16, right? The secret mm-hmm. of like, like, like the deep, the dark, and so, um, the day goes off without a hitch. Your shipment goes back, back up. Um, you sleep. Azura does not bring it up at all. Araz, thrilled. Dorn will even feel like this is a big enough score that he invites some of the trusted ones he likes to dig near them. Maybe mm. we'll find more. Like. Sure. Who knows how much of this there could be? They didn't even he'll he'll let them know like they didn't even fucking know what it was when I found it. So like if we think it's big like, because he's not greedy per se, and mm-hmm. he also thinks he's got enough and enough claim to it that like, yeah yeah take the scraps I got enough We're, we won like kind okay. of thing. So okay okay uh, yeah they they come like the adjacent tunnels and start to like dig uh, um, inwards this this way as you're kind of k- keeping your m- main tunnel and heading this way. Like, the tunnels are only big enough for like one person to, to, to be in and, and one wheelbarrow sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But they're in their adjacent ones kind of chiseling. Like you said. Like, yeah, like if more. we find you close, we won't slit your throats. Like find yep. what you can kind of thing. Exactly. Next day comes as we flip th- through time. The laurel is there it's it's time the tithe has to be paid through the sacred tunnel and those eternal continual of sorts flames light the way the place you cannot go the place that as you look through it turns out of sight and no matter where you are in the prime hollow you can never quite or the um primus capus primus capus yes um you can't see around it the overseers come in Fire giant in the in the front, his black armor spiked and what and whatnot. His two shield bearers that that are those of frost, those of hill who are here just to gather every everything. 
in a singular cloud giant that is the one who makes direct communication with the sun and takes the documentation from the, uh, the Ameldist Whitebeard, the rest of the Whitebeard clan that they are looking on. Wheelbarrows are being brought forth, dumped on. There are there, I sh should say, they're all already in bags and whatnot. So it's wheelbarrows with that. They're all being pulled on. Hell giant slaves even to, to, to the higher giants take multiple, multiple bags in their big hands. These big sleds ready to, ready to go. And you watch as in a language you do not understand the cloud giant and the prime fire giant, the, the dominus of this whole operation talk talk to the elder white beard who calls forth the white beard from level 16. They talk. Something is pulled forth that you can't see from a bag that is not marked that you can see as, as well. Well, you are at a distance as you, as you need to be. This is an unusual thing. The chatter goes on and everyone begins to feel the fear tighten their chest. Who's trying to pull one over on the overseers this time? Who will pay the price this time? First of all, who's, who are the top 12, per, 12 per, per performers and who is the bottom one or two? As production demands have only increased over time. In the end, whatever the, the, the giants and the white beards are, are saying, you don't speak their tongue. Some words do sound familiar, but they're at a distance. They nod at each other. Giants stand up, turn, go, pulling everything on their sleds. And 12 clan names are read off. And none of them are clan. Meat is brought in, brought, brought in, giant elk thrown in the center for all the clans to devour, to devour you. This is the grand feast after every um, laurel tide and tithe giving. Do they announce the names before the overseers leave? Nope. Not all the overseers leave, just the okay. hill giants leave because they're just pulling the stuff. Gotcha. As they're going and you lose sight, we just hear the <laughs> scraping. That is when um, the white beard will read out the clan names. Gotcha. During the, all the feasting, hubbub, and whatnot, Dorn will be very confused. Like, he was sure that was worth something. He was sure that was their ticket. So he'll go up to the white beard. Uh, which one? There's like two d d dozen of them. The elder, the one on your the one that he recognizes from from his yeah, yeah he yeah, gave yeah. it. To, okay, got got it. starts with what he knows. Yep, understood, understood. Mm -hmm. You're all feasting. Um, the twelve clans, ten of those twelve that won the the tithe, the they have gone home with theirs, but they're supposed to immediately begin harvesting, drying, salting, all those important things to do with, the, with what they've gotten. Everybody else here, feasting, drinking, ale, you know, the thing you thing you do every month after a haul, even if you didn't win. 
and the Whitebeards, as as always, at their place of somewhat honor, as they are there at the table. Would he know that one's specific name? Um. Let's just make make up one here. We'll call him Drabin. 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 Well, Whitebeard. And by by the way, I say Whitebeard, but that's just what it is in translation. Obviously, to you, it's not Whitebeard. It's what the Dwarven words for what Whitebeard would be. Whatever. Yeah, whatever yeah. That is. Drabin Whitebeard. So he'll he'll get close enough to where he's in earshot, and he'll say, "Oi, Drabin Whitebeard, you small peckered little sodding motherfucker!" Oh, okay, just calm. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Many voices cut off mid mid sentence. All eyes turn. He looks up from his stew. His white beard's not even that white. Still a gray thing. He's only in his maybe second century. I so your ears still work, but your eyes are the thing that's fucking broken? What do you want, Dole? Why ain't we one of the clans? After everything I found, all that shiny, you didn't even know what the fuck it was. Then it must not have been worth a lot. Eh? Use your fucking head. So where is it? I made its way, but... Find more of that. And I reckon if you find its weight in silver or gold, then you might just win. Just because something's new does not mean it's better. Eh? What? Got a loose tooth? See a tongue wrap up in there? The other set says, What's happening down there, Drabin? Trying to decide if you're stupid or a lawyer. It's fine. Duh. Just an angry clansman. Your da? See, you know his son's a lying little swindler? A thief? Now, in these caverns, there is nothing worse than being called a thief. You can call them a mur- murderer, a rapist, all the worst things in the world. But a thief. Many chairs scoot back. I guess most of them are sitting on, on, on the ground. Many knees creak as they stand up. Weapons here not have, but many hands go underneath where they have their chisels, their 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 small hammers and whatnot. Eyes are looking around here, most at you, because that accusation is something tremendous, especially toward. A white beard. Draven stands up. I ain't a liar. You're just too fucking stupid. Just because you found something real shiny doesn't mean it's worth more than twice its weight in silver. So it did count for my clan dig then? Hey, hey! Count, count, counted. He ain't in the b- bottom. He just ain't in the top this day. We don't keep track of, a- of anything below 13, hmm? 
go enjoy the feast. Dole. You still don't know what it was then? But they took it? Eh? So what's it worth to them? Enough that you're not back up on that fucking wall. Enough that you don't have an axe to your neck. Lucky for you. I reckon they'll pretty it up and look at themselves in it. Dorn will get closer as, as he says these things about the axe and the neck and everything like that. Are you going to do it to me, Whitebeard? The elder says, Enough! Sit down, both of you. Do not fight amongst ourselves like this. I will sit down when I get what I fucking done! Look at him, he'll say, as he, he'll t- point to, to the dad. Say. Tell him it wasn't valuable. Lie to your fucking father. Yeah. And the elder Whitebeard says, oh, I know exactly of what you speak. I looked upon it with my own eyes. It is, it is lightweight. It is strong. It is shiny. But you prescribe worth to some something, but that is our job. Our role in these caverns is to prescribe worth and to make sure everyone gets a fair assessment. Hmm. We've been doing that for more years than your clan has been around. Then why do you get to decide what's fair? Hmm? I dug it up. Let me talk to the fiery bastard. He remembers me. Do you really want to do that, son? Do you really want to do that? When you come next to tithe, if you wish to present your own goods before him, you may. But I reckon you're just going to get another boot to your ribs. And it might not be a young, fossum girl that gets her head chopped off this time. Go sit down. You know what's good for you, what's good for all of us, what's good for the clans. You can be one of the 13 next tithe, I'm sure of it. Doran will start shiving him with that shard of mithril that he took. Okay. Hence we fade into <laughs> a narrative scene. As you withdraw this shard of mithril and you stab it up through the elder Whitebeard's guts, is that because he was the one to talking at the end? The He's end the end. one that threatened his sister. So yeah, that's that's the one. You leap killed. leap over this stone slab that is a makeshift table. You cups and whatnot, stone bowls clatter. Aye, 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 aye. As you come over. He stands, stands up, pulls out a dagger, an actual dagger. You descend upon him. You feel your arm punctured right through the tibia and fibula. You wrench your arm. You break his wrist. You stab him twice, three times in the chest, the gut, your own teeth. <sighs> Eyes almost red, capillaries. Like a feral beast 
I don't think you entirely remember what happens next, but you do remember the sense of many hands grabbing you, pulling you. I think you get the strong sense of literally it taking 20 or so dwarves to hold you back. Tying you up. So whatever chains they have. Essentially, this is just repeated grapple attempts and you're consistently, you pick up a dwarf and throw him. You elbow one so hard, their jaw shatters in three teeth. It's not an easy thing. It takes 20 of them to physically dog pile on top of you. Three of them holding down each of each of your, your limbs as the Whitebeard clan rushes to the elder and you you hear him alive still. Don't kill him. Make him suffer. As he gets pulled back into his home. The dwarven protectors here called that phrase, not because they protect you, because they protect this sacred tunnel. They come in their armor, the only ones that can bear weapons. And you are essentially have a mesh, a metal mesh bag pulled, pulled over your head, cinched, and Dorn endures the next six months of torture, in a sense, but the dwarves don't, they don't waste on the energy on torture. It's more just, we're just going to hang you upside down in a place where there's noxious fumes. The thing that the dwarves cherish more than anything else is strength. And they cherish the idea that if you can survive, the, the longest prison term that the, that the dwarves have is six months time. If you can survive that, all is forgiven. Dorn survives, of course. We'll skip forward. Legend even says when they opened his cell, he went, Ah, I'm gonna miss that. (laughs) (laughs) He goes from being hung upside down to cells to being like like pin pinioned on 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 things to heat um like no water like all forms of torture that's essentially just having less of something mm-hmm. um but it's not just one thing not, not just just in a cell for, no. for six months it's 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 a miserable time but it also is maybe the worst thing to do because it gives Doran a lot of time to think a lot of time to realize what might really be happening here. And when next he does come, he is free. The, uh, the elder White Whitebeard is still in charge. He did recover from his, his wounds. And um, Dol Ezur and Dol Ara inform you of uh, what happened the very next day. A scene that I cannot fully describe as you or not not there and you're only seeing through his eyes through Thorne's eyes but what Amazor explains describes to you is the very next day a new overseer came through the sacred tunnel 
a large gray skinned thin one with just a simple loincloth across bare feet a stone giant flanked by guards they took the lift down with they forbade anyone else from coming down to level 16. They went down and show us where it was. And Dolazer explains to, to you, he's like, brother, it was the wildest thing. The giants, right? They're, oh, they're fucking bloody over Sitsiers. How could they come through on their hands and fucking knees squeezing through, especially his, 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 his arm gets the, those of Frost and Hill. But no, I, I, I point, pointed toward the tunnel and the new one, the tall, skinny, bald, gray one, skin like the dome. He put his hand up to the tunnel focused for a bit of time, drew something with some long finger, and the entire tunnel opened up. A hundred, two hundred feet down, big enough for, for them to get through single file. Then he did it again on our small tunnel. When he did that, oh, you wouldn't believe how much we saw. And Azur is smiling as he says this. Like it was the most beautiful thing I've, I've ever seen. Just rivers of it. And I think all Dorn can hear, as it's the first thing he's hearing of news after six months and months of tons of time is, it took how many, how many dwarves, how many days, how many years of work. And they have some overseer that can come finger a wall and open it up easy as a doorway. That's what I think at least. You can, you are a door. That's what, that's what, I, I, I don't think Dorn smiles. I think he hears this as straight thievery. And they had this power and level 16 has been entirely taken over by giants um, over here are the only ones allowed on that level at that time by the time you come come out though the giants have all gone to the back they've eked out a ton of what they're calling mithril And they have dug deeper and spread more like an ant taunt, taunt, an ant hill going down, spreading down, spreading down, spreading. And everyone is now on this gold rush hunt sort of thing to find more of this stuff. Everybody knows how valuable it is now. And as you are walking past people, they don't want to make a big deal of letting you free. They let you free at night when everyone's asleep and they lead you in chains back home. They unshackle you and give you a nod. Um, the next day as you are going to work, you get a lot of looks on 
nods and the occasional, you know, you know that as meander along. Ara and Azur also also inform you that during your internment, uh, they were kind of being taken care of by um, other clans as well. And they kind of joined their clans to help them and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was a gift for you, in a sense, specifically for Dorne. Not the clan of Dodol, but for Dorne specifically. Because now they all know how valuable it actually, it, it actually is. And I think that inf- information spread like wildfire fire after what you did if you have some people not, who like heard the argument right. and agreed like word spreads right. he dug he earned that like why were they hiding it blah, blah, blah. the dwarves in these minds have nothing better to, better to do than gossip to be well, honest so very very <laughs> easily that spread so that my friend is what you uh, see during all of those times there one other small detail, I suppose, which is interesting, perhaps, is um, is Azura would describe to you that when this large gray stone one, gentle of eyes, um, saw how um, Azur, how he just looked starving, pretty much, like they generally all do, and he saw the glittering wall, mithril, and I was like, just wow. Um, he bent down to a knee, the stone giant did, held out a many-fingered hand, and forming from the from the ether itself were ten big apple-sized berries. And Azor went on to describe that one bite of this filled his stomach. Filled his stomach. He brought them home. Um, they tried to keep them, but the next day they all had rotted rotted away to him dust, but it was the best thing that he and Ara had ever tasted ever. So, with that, uh, we'll come back to you in a, in a bit here, but we're going to first come over to Oladra. As you ha- were walking through the um, whole way here in Sharn, and you did indeed see the form of the traveler walking toward you. His smile, his dark hair across his face for the most part, he moves it. Your relationship not, may not, not be the same as it, as it once was, but we already had a flashback of you as a, as, as a young, young girl, the gift he gave to you. Just put everybody in alignment with time right now. At the time of the taking of Sharn, mm-hmm. um, none of none of your children have been born. Mm-hmm. None, none of you are even pregnant with them or anything of the sort. The exception is Grishgrimash, who's very young and clearly has talent, but made his way to commander. Nepotism was a big part of, of, of that. But he's also very, 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 very strong. Dorn just killed you for saying that. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. He says, Grimash is Dorn's well, kid. well done. Thank you, takes a team. I know, we've talked about those fuddy daddy dragon marks for quite some time, but I never had quite the, uh, the honor of meeting them face to face. Well, you still could. I shall have the opportunity in time. 
how was everything from your view? Looked efficient. Everything went as planned. I suppose we should meet with the others. I think that would be good. They otherwise might wonder where we are. <laughs> you two turn in as you kind of met at this um, intersect section around this large circular walkway. You meet and go in through a massive hallway. Columns, large, like again, a place built for giants, but even to their standards, this area would seem um, opulent. But also, not opulent in the sense where there's a bunch of art and, decor- and decorations. Austere, but opulent. The finest stone without stone work. That makes any sense. You know this um, area fairly fairly. Well, it's not where the dragon marks would meet. This is where the um, the upper echelon, the dignitaries of the giant clans, would meet in this place. That seems to be where Orion has designated location for all As you two are trudging your way through, I think you think back to years years after maybe five or so years after where we last left left off in a time and a place where you're now 14 or so you remember being with the traveler for some time seeing him every day only for a month or so then he did travel travel on um do you think you would have asked him his name during that, during that first time? Yeah? Yeah. Being uh, a curious little bitch, yeah. <laughs> he, wouldn't, he wouldn't answer. He would, he would say, folks, just call me Traveler. I'd call him Trav. <laughs> maybe, I'll, maybe I'll tell you something. I have to be careful. Folks don't travel so much. It's a dangerous world out there. He would have told you. I think that would have rung through Elijah's head many, many times for years. It's a dangerous world out there. Well, of course, there's dangerous beasts and whatnot, but with the, with the giants just there to protect you, nothing that dangerous comes unless he means the giants themselves, which he did sort of allude to multiple times, like, you know, the idea of freedom, the idea of fighting for your for having a weapon, but not just a weapon, a tool that could be anything you need it to be. Four years and number of months have passed since that time. You're sitting on the back of a wagon being pulled by two horses down one of the um, outside streets areas. I'm just hitching a ride here as you have a um, satchel full of sandals. Simple sandals that people need wear. Even you're wearing them at this this time. As a young lady perhaps should. Not just a young young girl. Maybe they're not maybe they're not um um tied right now, but they're at least there so you don't have so you don't get them mixed in with the others. 
as you see walking through the fields that familiar form again. And again, you haven't seen him for years at this point. Go. Trav! And try to jump off and then trip on my lace, but quickly catch myself and get up. <laughs> Naturally. Lovely. You um, head on over to him. It's very much, and I'm going to say this because I like making um, um, references to things that we know to help enhance the image. Uh, I sort of imagine this as sort of uh, Mr. Darcy coming through like sort of the morning fog on a somewhat dreary morning day. The cart that you're, you're on is hay, you know, they're trading hay for shit and, and then the shit goes in there for the, for the field, you know, just so traditional. You're just, you know, taking it for, for a ride right now. And through this mist and fog, you see the traveler coming forth with his hat pulled on, his dark cloak and whatnot, smile underneath as he looks at you as you come toward him after quickly tying your shoe. You're back. I am. He doesn't look a day older to you, but he looks you you up up and down and says, Oladra, as I live and breathe. You've, you've gotten taller, haven't you? Ma says that happens to young women like me. Does it? I haven't, I haven't been, been paying enough attention to that. You look ravishing. Thank you. Are you staying? For time, for time. I'm hoping that, I hope I hoping that, that you have some information for me, some news for me. Mm-hmm. What's new in the town? What's new in the city? What's, what's, what's new in the hills, the mountains? Oh, no, I never pay attention. Ah, but you have these big, big eyes getting ever bigger. Are your eyes getting bigger too? Well, everything's getting bigger. Oh, your ears are absolutely massive at this point. The better to hear people, I suppose. Hmm, and those big chompers of, of yours. Better for apples. <laughs> ah, speaking of, of which, I sure could go for an, an, an apple right now, but... I have shoes. I sure could go for a nice silvery apple. And I will make an apple. Only a year after he left, you got very, very good at things like, oh, I'm sorry, did I did I say apple? I meant, meant to say I love the way that these mountains look with their snowy caps and, and the, the fields of green. Just the perspective of them is, is everything as you... Then I will try to make one of the mountaintops his face. <laughs> Finer detail is tricky, isn't it? I haven't seen you in years. Just takes finer attention. Now let's say that there was, um, that I was in need of something sharp. But I also want, to want it to look ornate. I'm seeing some very important people in, in, in a few months from her now, and I might need to flash something impressive at them. Would she have ever seen an ornate dagger? Um, I think he made one for her oh, last okay. time. And it was very, very ornate. Then she would 
do the best she could from memory, so it'll be not quite as good, but... It's still very sharp. He's just grabs the grabs the, the, the blade and... Now that's impressive focus. Knowing when to keep things sharp, mm. but also keep them strong. Mm. Very nice. Well, you can put that away. Looks like you're threatening me. <laughs> he puts an, an arm over your shoulder, begins to walk you, and you two can just begin chatting about all the stuff that you have seen, all the places he's been. Though he's very, very aloof on precise things. He doesn't never talks about precisely what he saw or what, what he did. Just his travels. He'll describe remarkable fields and the colors and, and the tree is tall and anything you, you'll see around here, the <coughs> colors of dragons flying through the sky, um, all that sorts of lovely stuff. Uh, Elantra would start gossiping, mm-hmm. trying to fill him in on everything that she thinks is big, which probably isn't big. Like, yeah, those two had a baby. and He yeah, looks, she got looks over. And... Oh, unpleasant. They do it. I mean, she's old enough. She's 16, 17. They already have at least two under her. And how old are you? 14. Okay, so... Children. Yeah. Yeah. More and more and more. Yeah, they always have more, but... Don't they ever. (laughs) When one pops out, we gotta kill one, you know. Balance. Yes, it's a good mouse to have. What do you What do you think about that? Well, we only have so much food, so don't want to starve. That, that makes sense to me. I mean, you only have as much as you have. Mm-hmm. Anything this... extra goes to them. You know what we call that in more learned circles? There's a word called equilibrium. Sort of like uh, two plus two equals four. Are you familiar with that phrase? Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure you are. You may not have heard it in such a way. Two apples plus two apples means that you have four apples. You're like, yeah, I understand math. But a lot of times when two apples and two apples, I get five. I think it's good that your village keeps true to that number. Smart. Wise. You guys chit-chat for some time here. Um, I was stopping him from bouncing his leg again. I need to put like anti-stick on the bottom of those slippers because all I hear is It's okay, it's my sensory issues. I see. You're both a mess. Yes. <laughs> it's true. I think it's probably time. Yes, I want. I want. You know, we can sit here talking all day. But I'd love to get to a point where you guys are interacting more. So here's what we're going to do.
I've not been keeping you guys all aligned in time. You might mm -hmm. have, su suppose that you might not have. Your various flashbacks or whatever just makes sense to you at that time. Um, you and the Traveler speak for a while here. Um, he spends a few days here. And ultimately, he needs to depart sooner than he wanted to. He says, Interesting. No, I'm not. Yes. Shall be the done. No idea what he is ta talking about. Amidst and amongst all the information that you told to him, I think one piece of inf information that, that you would have revealed to him was because you do have eyes that are peeping out and whatnot. You did see, um, you know, once in a while you'll see like a line of giants and whatnot, like go into the mountains to bring down beasts and whatnot and watchtowers and whatnot. Um, sometimes they, they go into the mountain itself and come, come, and, and come out. So I think you would have noticed over the last several years that that amount, and over, over your lifetime, is just kind of increasing. And there's more and more giants that have come to this city. So I think it's just like in passing. You're like, yeah, there's been more stuff going on. Um, he'd ask for a lot of details. Sort of like that um, Criminal Minds away where they're like asking you pointed quests, pointed, pointed questions, sort of steer your mind. Yeah, I suppose it was a fire job. It's just a sort of thing, right? Yeah, fighting here on stuff. Uh, um, so he does have to go shortly after that. Godfrey has that conversation with nothing. nothing. Himself. Yep, with himself. Sorry, I'll be back in a few years, I think. Are you sure you have to go? Do you want to come with me? Well, I miss you when you're gone. All the boys here are boring. Holds up his, his hand. I kiss you on the office here. I'll say. You know, I'm a bit too young for me still. I'll come back. And when I do, he puts a hand on your cheek. You kind of feel yourself like leaning, leaning into it. Everything will change. Promise? He doesn't say anything. Just turns and walks away, reverse from Mr. Darcy. <laughs> <laughs> he moonwalks out of the place. The mist the comes mist. back up. <laughs> yeah. This is days after. Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to skip with you directly for what were four more years. You're now, you're now 18 years old. What does being an 18-year-old woman mean for Aladra in this town, in this time and place? She's obstinate and weird. She ain't married. She hasn't had kids. Why do you think she isn't married? Why hasn't she had kids? Why buy the cow when you can get the milk for free? Ooh. And also, why would she want to settle down with one when she can have many? And all of them are so dumb that they have their use, but she doesn't want to get stuck. Is she, is she abstinent or is she or is she making use of normal human proclivities but 
using the um, birth control, which does exist in this 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 time. Yeah. Um, you know, like not medicine in the hills per se, but you know, but the old if you do if you do this and this and you stick a clam clamshell up there. <laughs> she will have heard someone call it being worldly in a negative way, but she didn't hear it that way. So yes, she does do proclivities with birth control because she wants to be worldly and very, ready when he comes back. Very normal mm-hmm. thing to do that. People are really wondering why you haven't settled down. You do get that question a lot. Why have you not had kids? You should have two by this point. Well, um, I have children when I'm not staying. People don't really understand that. And if you, if you ever say that to your mom, da-da, they sort of, where do you think you're going, Aladra? The Raptors? What are you, what are you talking about? No, past the mountains. <sighs> Aladra, you're double. That means twice. Twice as many years have passed since you were talking about this. Shouldn't you be a bit more... Ah. Hey, they leave you to it. Your natural beauty, your vibrance has come out even more as as you've grown from a child to a young woman to a woman fully grown in fact you are a beautiful striking figure and like that natural beauty natural beauty the long wavy black hair and such that dazzling smile that's why I asked if you were asked if you were being a abstinent because you have plenty of suitors that would like to a logic you can get it. You can get it. Obstinate, not abstinent. Ah, there you go. There you go. There you go. Um, by no means are you a, a whore or, or anything of the sort. Um, it's just one of those things. Like, you are a young woman in a place where that is a thing that, that happens. Um, but you sing. You perform. You do all these things that is your gift to the village. People need it. They need need to hear a song. They need to hear happiness in order to keep keep working. It does not bring direct workloads in, but it is something that is. Im- I'll say this: it's important enough that it's tolerated because you're so good at it. If you were some shitty bard, if if you will, uh, <laughs> that would not have passed muster. Um, I did actually forget something. When the traveler was here the last time, before he left, he did leave you with a gift. Another gift. That gift would be an, an instrument. Hmm. Now, you have instruments here. You have horns, you, you have flutes and whatnot. Didgeridoos for sure, as we've already established before the camera started to roll. Um... But this one has strings on it. Like metal. And he really shows you how it works. Did you have any idea of what this instrument would, would be? Yeah. Let me pull it up. Mouth harp. It's a kalimba. Kalimba? What does that look like? Like, like that. Oh. Oh. 
these things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Like these things here. Mm. Love that. Is there actually str strings in there? No. Nope. No, okay, it's cool. It's just metal. Cool. Mm -hmm. he, Wooden metal. He gifts you that. Mm -hmm. Shows you how it's sort of like the mega precursor, like the harpsichord piano sort of, <laughs> of thing. Um, gives you that. It can travel like that, tiny. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Gives you that, and it makes a completely unique sound. Most instruments here are woodwind, simple woodwind stuff. Maybe there are some, you know, stringed, some like three stringed in instruments, bing, 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 sort of stuff. <laughs> this is a completely unique thing, and you <coughs> dexterous fingers take to it very, very well. So now you are a unique individual in this, this village that can play this thing. <laughs> Others try blacksmiths want to try to replicate it just based on what you see. But I think you're a little bit secretive of it, you know. The traveler is your secret after all. They ask, Where'd you where'd you get this thing from? What Dreamt answer? Dreamt of it. Hmm? Dreamt of it. Came to me in a dream one night. That's a ladra for Furia, right? Mm -hmm. She sure is lucky. Um sure is lucky indeed. I dream of Oh god. Um, don't come to me. Then come, then come here, Elijah. <laughs> Pass. <laughs> um, as blacksmiths try to replicate, they just can't really get down the prop, proper tuning of it, the, the dimensions, the metal. It's it's a pretty refined thing, and they're not going to spend a lot, a lot of time on it. They have other things that they're supposed to be create, be, be create more use. So you are essentially the one person that has this kalimba, a gift of the tribe, which I think is strangely as precious to you, perhaps as the um mercury thing which still still exists and you can use from time to time to time as i said we're skipping forward to her for being 18 all the other things I, I was just saying are true um you're a woman full full grown you play your your play your kalimba still the stuff you perform people are are, are happy this isn't an era where people drunkenly yeah! and throw coins at you commerce doesn't really exist but ale does a male predates any coin and tell you that mm -hmm. um and it's enough of a thing where it's like you know people have their modest amount of, of drinks and then they you know cheer and they go home sometimes you go home with one, one of them and the sword shortly after your 18th birthday you are in the town in what would nowadays be called a tavern there's no food there, though. Food is a, is a household thing. People don't eat here. That would be strange. It's just a place for people to, you know, chat, shake some, shake some dice, play simple games, um, and drink ale. And as you're playing a little thing, singing a song, uh, what, what do you think you're singing about? What, what is a song that would be utterly unique to Aladra adding to the fact that she has these weird instruments, this weird perspective, this beautiful visage, this voice. What is she singing about? Purple fields of flowers and never-ending moons. Lovely. Lovely. Mm -hmm. That's a lot. <laughs> she, dreamt, she dreamt of it. Um, as you sort of finish up and, and hold all your hands and there's a... Uh, you see as you're smiling through the clapping hands, um, the traveler sitting at a ta table in a cor corner with another stranger. And you know almost immediately it's, it's, a, it's, it's a stranger. So you've never seen a traveler interact with anybody else. 
This one has a long white beard, it seems, and a wide-brimmed hat covering most of his face as the traveler catches your eye and winks. I will brush off my suitors and make my way over, but not in a way that's like I'm beelining, just like meandering around the tables, chatting with people. You notice the traveler has his hand on the table, down the table. He does this, kind of like shifting his um, sleeve a bit, and then he does this to you, like holds up a finger, and then wags it this slightly. I wouldn't go over then. Okay. You move over, you keep an, an eye on them. The second stranger stands, and he looks toward you. Just scanning over the place with brilliant blue eyes. Tucks his hat and heads out. Traveler will then hold the finger, not looking at you by any means, just that does this. I will come over, sit down in the still warm chair. You sound lovely. Better than ever before. Thank you. Who was that? Another friend. More friends? Do I need more of those? That is a man who taught me much of what I know today. I respect him quite a bit. There's a word for for that, but it's a word that uh, he's that has been that we simply don't say a- a- anymore. So I'll simply call him my te- teacher. We have those in town here, but it's mainly on just how to farm. Really? Yeah. What do they teach you? How to hold a sickle. How do you hold a sickle? Maybe you can show me. If you would like. I'm sure you have something. You, you must have a sickle in your in your pocket right now. It's been years now. It's been a long time, so it's very easy for you to form it. You kind of like flush through the yeah. usual things he has you do, the mountains and whatnot. All right, all right. Just making sure you are you. Are you. Well, who else could I be? Who knows? Well, we can all be whoever we want to be. Can't we? Well then, who else could I be? Who, who do you want to be? Have you ever wanted to be someone different than who you are? I don't know. I suppose. I like me, but maybe I'd like me out there better. I'm getting bored. Bored? That is a uniquely you thing, Alondra. Many people would call you fortunate. In fact, I think most people that, 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 that I, I know would call you lucky. Beyond For what? Time. Simple life that you, you have here, relatively safe. How was that activity on the Mountains, but by 
the Giants the last several years. It's increased a lot. Mm-hmm. Always coming and going. We had to up how much we're given. But the earth provides. Yes, it does. We're going to leave your scene now in that exact moment in time and we're going to move over to the likes of Dorn. Another decade more, perhaps, have passed since last we spoke. Mithril is all the rage now. The giants do not want to perpetually stay stay down here, but it does have a worth greater than that of platinum. People know who you are. People have said your name for years now, but mostly hushed. You have done two things. I'm sorry, you have made your name into into two things. Yourself into two, two things. One, a pariah which means many dwarven clans simply no longer interact with you whatsoever. Unfortunately, that is likely the majority. A minority, you've made yourself a symbol of sorts. You are, after all, the first that found this. I have to make it clear Sometimes, like six months is the longest time a dwarf will be punished. If they want to kill you, they can put you in really heinous circumstances where you simply die, right? I want to make it clear that Dorn should have died. People did not think he was going to recover. People did, did not think he was going to be, be, be back at work to the day. Solitude for weeks at a time. Water dripping from stone. Bugs that occasionally skitter around where oftentimes the only sucker you have. When you were hung by your by your your ankles down a cleft rock, noxious fumes swirling up, your hair all completely fell out, you had lesions and burns all across your body, everywhere, and your lungs burn, probably to this day, decade plus after, something burns even hotter within, within you. Again, the dwarves are not going to come to your cell, put your hand on smash. They don't have any information they want to get get to get get, get, get out of you, but they also can't, by their own laws, slit your throat. Mm-hmm. And I think the conclusion, now you knowing you, Leo, you've already come to this conclusion, but like it or not, everything the Whitebeard clan has done has been legitimate. Whether it was fair is an entirely different discussion. You get a lot of time to think about what that 
means. It's one thing for the overseers to come in and make dictations and demands. It's another thing for the Whitebeards to do that. And begin to think back over the many cycles that you've been alive and think about all the clans that have won. A lot of repeats there, which makes sense. It makes sense. Call it a conspiracy th th theory. Call it the delusions of a, of a man, essentially in, in solitude, confinement, breathing sulfuric gases for days at, at a time. Call it whatever you want to. But I think when Dorne went back home after, after those six months and his hair began to grow back and such, of course, quickly, because Dorne hair, right? Um, his scars, his, his lesions, which stuck around forever, but began to fade at least in their intense sense. The burn in his lungs began to fade. Though again, all these things are reminders. I think a conclusion he may have come to was just because you can does not mean you should. Just because it's legitimate does not make it right. And I think it's one of those things where a long time to ponder and not die when they were sure you would. It's giving you a lot of time to think about the, different, the way the system works. Is food that scares through the sacred tunnel? They can only bring us this once, once a month. Why do they reward the 12 clans and 12 clans only? The story that his brother told him, I think, would really stick in his mind, too, when he got out, mm -hmm. in the sense that, like, they cleared the whole mine and then gave you a treat, like a fucking pet, like, and we toil away every day, and, like, that's that's how they view us. Like, it kind of, like, clicked then, like, all that, yeah. So we're going to come back in, <coughs> not for a full scene, we're going to expedite this a bit here, but I do mm -hmm. want, as we come in a decade or so after that, I would like us, I would like you... To tell him to narrate for us, not in an RP, but to narrate for us essentially what you've been doing over those ten years. What surreptitious actions has Dorn been doing? We've already established that he's got a lot more claps on, on on the shoulders. He's a pariah by the majority, but there is a minority of the other clans and folk who nod at, at him and try to help in what ways they can. What has Dorn been keeping busy with? Obviously, he's still ching, ching, ching. Yes. What is he doing in his downtime, supposedly, throughout these decades? He's been even giving away some of his dig to these people that are on his side as he kind of speaks this, preaches this message, for lack of a better phrase, of like, you know, why do the white beards get to decide what's fair? We work all this time and don't get the show for it and all that kind of stuff mm -hmm. and to try to show them that he's different he will like give away some of his own dig and everything like that over his ears just enough to where he's not in trouble and like he's been through a lot of shit who expects a lot from the remaining three Dorns or the Doles blah 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 mm -hmm. so to kind of almost build a camaraderie that he's noticed in the last what 30 years of mm -hmm. him getting punished and nothing changing or no one doing anything different realized he needs he needs a different weapon if he's gonna fight this fight kind of thing and so he's been working on that 
not even from a justice angle, if that makes yeah, sense. No, like he is for sure. He is angry. Like he dreams every night of when he gets to sneak into the Whitebeard's house and finish what he started, kind of thing. But. And I think that right there is what you're moving toward. I think at first it was just Yarm talking, seeing if there was was any other, and the like mind saying, "Yeah, that was right. What they did to you. They should have at least." set you free after they realized it was actually worth something, right? We, we asked, lad. We asked. Um, where some people would preach the good word on top of, of, of a, a box in the street or within a vast cathedral, Dorn is pre- preaching, as, as you said, from as he's swinging his pickaxe in tunnels just wide enough for one to stand behind or beside Gatherings of more than than three would be be suspicious, and he knows the white beards are watching him. This is very much. This is this is why it's ten years. This is Mm -hmm. why it's not it. And dwarves live a live a long time. They've been doing the same thing every day. Very easy to fall into the same routine. I think Dorn also knows that if all it takes is one one squealer, not day one, but as year seven and eight come on and you have enough people and it's like you know find yourself something sharp you know sort of thing keep mm-hmm. it up keep, keep it up keep it up under your beds you know I, as these things begin to come up I'll take with one one squealer to potentially ruin the whole thing and I think more than once Dorn has had to take care of the squealer I think uh, maybe not himself. That's up to that's up to you. Oh wait, no, that's no, yeah. that's that's easy for him now. Yes, I think multiple times <coughs> Dorn would see like one fidgety-eyed, fidgety-fingered dwarf who leaves your tunnel, and he's like, "Watch that one," and the one that you're saying that to might be the uncle of that of that dwarf. She's she's fine. She's a good girl. Don't worry about her. If you're willing to put your trust in your blood, then you can keep wearing those shackles. I think Dorn and some other like-minded, not the not the uncle. He didn't stop it. I think they find her later on, and they they find her as she's sneaking, as the lanterns have all gone. Dim. She's sneaking from her cow cavern, her home, toward the white beard estate. Where you going in this dark, girly? <gasps> oh, by the overseer. Hey, just going for a whiz. Please don't. I wish you wouldn't have made me. They the dark there <laughs> as another corpse joins the pile. People learn quickly if they do hear something and they don't want to be a part of it, don't don't squeal. You can't go ten years without some people eventually squealing or the white beards catching wise to it. On three or four separate occasions, they have come with their dwarven protectors. Sometimes the, the overseers even get even get involved, and they they actively pursue, take the down and hang the people that they directly heard were behind them. And Dole is never one of them. 
So it's one of those things of sheer persistence, maybe a bit of luck from it also. Maybe the fact that you've been keeping such a low profile at the, at the, at the, otherwise that the wipers just think that you're like just depressed. We getting, broke him. Yeah, yeah, we broke. That's exactly. They think we broke him. Um, for 10 years, you toil and you give this vacant today or slack jaw as you deposit your paltry amount with a um, dull, dull laser. And I think for a brief, I think it's one of those things where Dorn's like, sometimes you just keep the sliver in long, long enough to get home and pull it out proper. And it's like, I'll do the song dance, but a day will come and it's coming soon. But again, to these dwarves, 10, 10 years, 12, 15 even, another 20? Eh, soon enough, considering how long-lived you all are. As we come in, as we know that that's what you've been doing in your downtime, as this 10, 11, 12 years or so go on, I think the time comes. And the thing that burns it, it on is somebody squeals. Who it is, you don't know. The only reason you know that there was a squealer is because through the sacred tunnels, giants come in massive numbers to you, which means four dozen giants, so about 50 giants come through wearing armor and whatnot, and many, not many, like four of these stone giants as well, who you know can open up tunnels. So the ones where you think that you might be unsafe might not be as safe as you think. Many of them come in with their large, great crossbows with big metal black javelins on, on them. Fire cast around like floating orbs that cast fire light through. The bell rings to summon everybody to the central area, the Primus Cavus, even though it's not time for a tithe. Laurel Tide was just a week ago. The feast still rumbling in your stomach. As this happens, the dwarven protectors, the two dozen or so that keep that sacred tongue safe, they begin coming around, shouting. Back away to the promise Gavis! Every dwarf promise Gavis now! Amazer, Ara, shoot up, Ben, and look at, at you. Darn, what's going on? And you hear through a gap, a window, for lack of a better word, in your, in your own cave, um, stony house stru structure, you hear a <coughs> and a voice of a dwarf that you recognize. One, one, one of your uh, closest confidants throughout all this. The overseers, they've come in great number. It's a time. I think if the time ain't now, we won't have a time again. 
you hear, Oi, what are you? From the voice of that protector. Go on, go on, go on. The Primus Gavis, no! What are you doing? Ting, 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 As I think, Dorn grabs his pickaxe, opens the door, and sees chaos. It begins with just the sharp, a sharp edge of a rock being jammed into this this armored dwarven faceplate through denting it in. His sword rested, or his axe rested from his grip, another dwarf picking it up. And just three. Starts with three. You step out. Another protector dwarf charges forward. His big axe coming out. Get off of him! In full armor. Running right past you. What do you do? Uh, As he runs past Dorn, I'll just do one quick swing around and sink that pick through his helmet. As he's running this way, looking at his colleague, who's being trundled by three, you just almost casually, one-handed, Take the sharp, take the sharp end, and you see it stick out the opposite side, right through his helmet. But you didn't really, really you're not really fond of helmets, anyways. <laughs> How good they do! You, just, <laughs> you pull it out, and you see his axe as he falls to a knee. His armor. Hazer walks out, sheet white, Ara, and and Hazer says. Too late to turn back now, brother. And Ara will reach for the axe. Dorn will take it from her and say, "Because how old is? Well, I guess she's getting pretty old. Though, she's huh? getting. She's well, fighting age. She's only maybe you know a dozen or so years younger than you. Ah, twenty, twenty or so." And he'll think about it and then toss it to her and say, "Time to go to work, little sister." As you have your pickaxe. The weapon that you've honed in your hands for how many years? Ara has an axe in her hand. Just start <coughs> mashing through these protectors. Easy. It's not a fight at this, this point. It's just you hacking them down, making your way through the alley. Or not the alley, the like side street, if, if, if you will, to hit the larger street as you see information spreads faster than bloodshed but it, bloodshed follows very very quickly afterwards as many of the people again one out of every hundred dwarf perhaps is picking up, up, up arms at this point but as I established at the, at the very start there's about 15,000 dwarves here mm-hmm. you still have a large number of, of dwarves coming out with their weapons in hand attacking attack attacking Others who are not on your side begin to see see this and go, well, what choice do we have? Most of them flee. Some of them grab whatever weapon they have, which for most of them is their pickaxes. And a great battle breaks out as you all merge your way up in one throng. Very much um, 
um, Gangsters of New York style, where you're all like walking up, like common. No, that's not. They don't do that. They do. They. It's not a musical. Gangsters. Gangsters. Sorry, what did I say? Gangsters of New York. Fuck you. Gangsters. Gangs of New York. As you all come up, don't. No, but I. That was a specific reference because they all are wielding hammers, sickles, cudgels. You know. Hose, yeah, house yeah, items, like house items, and you most of them have your pick, pickaxes. Your scant few have an ass. One of which is Ara, a miser, a couple rows back as you kind of come up. Most of the protectors have fled back at the, the, this point, and you see those fifty or so giants, and the one with the flaming halo around him that black on that sword that he said the last week could cleave four dwarves at one he points at your throng not you you don't think just at your throng kill them and that is in clear language you can understand he wants you to know he's commanding he then repeats it for his in, in his own tongue and all of the giants come forth Frost giants stabbing through two dwarves at once. I don't want to narrate an entire battle here, nor frankly do we have the time to even have a cool thing. Though if we had infinite time, I would love to say, describe to me how awesome this fucking thing is. We can imagine here as a bloodshed that these halls have never seen, these caverns have never seen before, at least not in any modern lifetime for sure. I'll ask you this though. No. No. You have a choice to continue fighting with these people against the overseers. They're very, very, very strong, though you outnumber them significantly, which is your only advantage here. But there is the estate, what is the, the equivalent of estate of the white beards also. Those gates and Doors closed and locked. Uh, if we don't take the tunnel out, then we're still rats in a cage. So focus on this fight. Focus on this fight. Mm-hmm. All right. As you kill, destroy. Um, this is the first battle Dorna's ever been in. But we've already established she's got this anger inside. As his capillaries burst and red is coming through his eyes, he feels that throbbing of Mordecai's finger. He feels the heat in his in his lungs from from, from being upside down and the, the sulfuric fumes. He feels the pain in in the ribs, the way that his wrists, his sh- shoulders, his feet were hanging there. He feels all that pain, and he feels him smothering Mordecai. And what he said that day. He looks around and sees all the dwarves who have taken up weapons, if they can be called that. And in this time, blood already smeared across your face, already across your pickaxe. What do you think Dorn does? I know he fights and kills, but in this exact, in this like, silent moment here where time seems to slow and he thinks about all he feels all of this and he's already in that bloodthirsty rage what do you think he does as he stands 
ってて
Bella. Oh, and just the tip. It's <laughs> just the, the tip. I knew what I was saying. It hits metal. Ting. Bends it. And he... His legs... He turns to you as you fully momentum stick the axe in the drop around over here. Ara comes and hacks at his ankle. He kicks her. Touch turns back to you. You pull yourself. Block your feet. The ground. Fire. Scorches you. You. He spins around, shocked at your strength, at you willingness, and you just threw his metal metal boot right into his foot. He tries to pull out of there. Blood. He sees something in you in this moment in time as you just... Do you say anything to him in this time with all the other battle churning around you? Uh, he'll just scream, You should have killed me when you had the chance! And he'll dive back in with the Mad Fury. He sees that. He tries to stab you with the sword. You move your head. You just shove it with your literally bare shoulder out of the way. A cut, fire, roll, roll, roll under. Get really, really close to that foot that he just pulled back and blood is seeping out. And you pull that shard of mithril that somehow was recovered through all of the stuff that that, that, that happened. Amazer found it and kept it for you. And he said, please don't do anything stupid like that. Mm-hmm. But Thomas on this shard of mithril, I will not do anything stupid. <laughs> but you know why he gave it to, to you? Make an insight check. Or 13. Because it was something that you did together, mm-hmm. and it was something he did that made you proud. How could he not give this back to you? He doesn't condone what you did with it, but this thing is a totem to, to him. You keep it. You stab it in this fucking <laughs> Your hand comes out just covered in blood, and this this mighty overseer flees. He runs, leaving bloody footsteps spurting from every step with fire, flame, and blood, and the others see him flee. Do you follow suit, or do you do you, do you go for the, the, the white beards? Then uh, there's a way to open the doors and everything from this side, right? That, like to the uh, to the the, uh, the the outer area. Yeah, I think you have dwarves that are chasing them down as you as the tide turned, just sheer based on your guys' num- numbers. Mm-hmm. More and more came, so. Even if those doors could be unclosed, it, that hall is going to be clogged by your brethren. I guess Dorn made up his mind this way. He's running away. He won that fight. He still has another fight he has to go settle. Okay. And you would head to the Whitebeards. Okay. Shit in hand. You break through. You use the axe one final time to break through the fence. If, if, if it's such a thing makes sense here, the gateway. <laughs> you trudge on through. You kick down. I think at this point in time, you're in a blind rage here. You don't even know. As you begin to fade, you know I'm not angry. I feel like he almost have a taste of that 
of godhood too, like seeing what he instilled in everyone else, like almost every kill they claim is his in a way. Like, yep, exactly that. Kind of fueling him in this drunk fury. As the sound of battle fades behind you as you alone enter this larger cavern system, this estate as I'm calling it, because that's what it would be to you, to, to you at least. Mm-hmm. You're in your blind rage, you hear <gasps> and fleeing feet you pursue. <laughs> Leads to Can you imagine having a door within your your own hovel? Insane. The only doors on the outside. Why would there be more doors inside? As she she, she opens it, tries to close close, you just grab it. You fling the the, the, the the door open. She comes for an older white beard woman, and inside you see a comfortably furnished place of all the white beards here. You realize when you come out, come out of this later on. This is probably their safe house sort of thing where they can lock multiple locks from the from the, the, the from the inside. But uh, she was just keeping watch through went through window what, what happened. And when you were inside, she heard you and began to run. You're much faster when when, when you want to, to be. The door closes behind you. By your own hand. Realize. As you look and see this room of 24 or so dwarves, a good number of them holding weapons of sorts, some just daggers, some full swords, some with shields even, and, and axes. The bounty. And you see the elder and the one who previously was in charge of tier 16, when still, still is. Actually, he was moved, I, I think, at some oh, point. Yeah. But you see them there, as well as all the others. What are you doing here, lad? The elder says. I've already been giving your life back once. <laughs> Is that what you call that? Wolven blooded through, through and through, lad. We'll join you in whatever this is. Side by side, we have is yours. Well, that's mighty kind of you. And because of that generous offer, I'll give you the same chance everyone else out there fighting has. You get a chance to fight for your life like the rest of them. And at that, he would stab. If the old woman's closest yeah, to him, yeah. that'd be the first one who he just stabs and snaps almost in one fluid motion and moves on to the next one. When you next come to, breathing heavily, you have wounds all over your body. All your limbs work. It's hard to, to breathe right now. That's for sure. Uh, you realize that you can't feel half of your face. You can't hear very well from this side. You can't see through this, this, this eye at all. And as you breathe in through your nostrils, you blood just goes, so you have to spit it out. You guys, your jaws hang a bit. 
two fingers are gone on this hand. You work with it through your tongue. Spit out two teeth. One leg is dragging behind you. That piece of mithril, still as sharp as ever, still as long as ever, gleaming as always with a sheen of red across it. And you see your own reflection in that as you see every single one of them is dead around you. Lodger. Can we take a break? Yes. Thank you. I have to pee really fast. <laughs> <laughs> yes, break time. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Stretches. Stretches. Doing as fast as I can. Yeah. 